If you've ever tried to introduce a good habit or kick a bad one, you'll know that it's easier said than done. And frustratingly, even when we know that changing that habit is going to be really, really beneficial, and even when we really, really want to do it for ourselves, it just isn't as simple as making the decision and doing the thing. We can suddenly find ourselves doing the thing we didn't want to do without consciously realising what we were doing or making excuses for why we'll start the good habit tomorrow or next week or on Monday. So today I want to dive into this. Why are habits important? Why do we have them? How do they work? And of course, how do we actually successfully create helpful new habits and get rid of the unhelpful old ones? Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life, improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at Alex Chickfit. Well, hello, welcome back to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness this week. And although this is episode 88, it is actually the hundredth episode that I've recorded because I've also got my 12 special episodes about the perimenopause in there as well. So before we start today, I just wanted to say a quick thank you for all of your support so far, because literally without people downloading and listening, then the podcast really can't continue. There's no point me sitting here talking to myself, is there? I do that in my own head quite enough each and every day. So thank you for being here. I'm sure that this is really only the beginning of my podcasting journey. Journey. I'm definitely still learning, definitely still improving, or at least I hope I am anyway. But here's to the next hundred, and I hope that you're going to be around for all of those as well. Right, on to this week's episode, which is all about healthy habit change. Now, if this is something that you'd like to do, you'd like to add a new habit, you'd like to get rid of maybe an unhelpful one, then I definitely recommend going and checking out my healthy habit reset if you haven't done already. So it's a free seven-day reset. It takes no more than a few minutes a day. It's really really, really simple to do, but it's just going to get you thinking about making sure you're setting the right habits, habits that are aligned with what you want, and then getting your mind online. So doing the mindset work around it as well, because, you know, willpower is just not enough by itself to create those new habits. So working on our mindset a little bit as well is going to be really, really helpful. So you can get a hold of that habitreset.co.uk and I'll pop the link in the show notes for you as well. And then the stuff that we're going to talk about today is really going to back up the work that you might do in the Healthy Habit Reset to help you identify exactly how to make that habit change, but also how not to do it. So some of the common mistakes that we make and that you might recognise here that, you know, we often do that mean that we may create that new habit for a short time, but it doesn't necessarily last or we have to try over and over and over again. And we find that we keep failing and failing and failing on creating that new habit. And the thing is that we know that adding new habits 
getting rid of unhelpful ones is not that easy. Even when it's something simple, even when we're like, I don't understand why I can't seem to make this change. It's such a simple, small thing. It can actually be really, really hard to do it. And it can also be hard even when we know that it's going to serve us because we don't try and get rid of habits or add habits for the sake of it. We do it because we think it's going to make us feel better because we think that it's going to make us healthier or whatever that might be. But these things are really, really, really hard. And I'm going to start off today talking a little bit about sort of, I suppose, the science behind it. I mean, it's not in a very sciencey way, but I think that it's really important that we understand why habits exist and why habits are so important. So that's what we're going to start with today. So habits are essentially a computer program in our brain. They are something that helps us to remove decision making and to remove thinking from the process. So it automates all of the stuff that we do regularly, all of the stuff that we do day to day, week to week. Because otherwise, our brain would not be able to cope with our lives. Our brain would not be able to cope with the number of decisions that had to be made every single day. You know, can you imagine if you had to start afresh every single day with brushing your teeth? Like it becomes an automatic thing. You just do it. You get in the shower, you have your shower, you get out of the shower, you brush your teeth. That's how it works, right? So it runs like clockwork because we need to make life as simple as possible. We need to remove all of the unnecessary decision-making. And we do that by automating the stuff that we do regularly. It's our brain trying to help us. It's our brain freeing up space for the more important things that we need to think about. So if we eat chocolate at five o'clock every day, for example, then our brain recognises that as a habit and it automates it. So maybe you've decided, right, I'm, that's it. I'm not eating chocolate today. This is not serving me. It doesn't make me feel good. I'm not even enjoying it that much. I'm going to stop eating chocolate. And then it gets to five o'clock and you find yourself sitting there with chocolate in hand, half finished. And you're like, how did this even happen? I don't even remember making the decision to go and get the chocolate. I'm just sitting here with the chocolate. And the reason is that your brain has automated that. It's recognised it as something you do regularly. And so at five o'clock every day, your brain's like, oh, it's chocolate time. Let's go do it. And so you find that you have done that thing with no conscious thoughts and no real conscious effort having gone into it, no decision making going into it. And so that's what habits do. Habits are there to make our lives a lot, lot easier. And so, of course, it makes sense that it can be hard to create a new automated process because we suddenly have to start thinking about something again. We have to engage our brains and engage decision making into the process again. And of course, we will find that the bad habits are hard to break. So the things that are already in there are ingrained in our brains as habits are really hard to get rid of. And the good new habits that we want to add are really hard to create as well. And of course, that makes complete sense because the bad habits are usually things that involve immediate reward. So we get what we need out of those habits really, really quickly. So whether it's that 5pm chocolate because we're tired, because it's that habit, if it's the glass of wine at the end of a long day, if it's deciding not to go to the gym and lie on the sofa instead, those are all habits that involve an immediate reward. You know, the minute you sit there with your glass of wine, you're like, oh, thank God I can relax now. Or you decide not to go to the gym. Yes, you may feel guilty about it later, but in the moment you're like, oh, thank God I don't have to go to the gym and I get to lie on the sofa instead. This feels so good. This is what I needed. So bad habits give us an immediate reward, an immediate hit. And so they can become very, very hard to break because we like things that make us feel good. And bad habits often, even though in the long term they don't make us feel good, in the moment they do. In the moment, the minute that cold glass of wine hits our lips, 
we feel good. Even if two hours later, we're like, oh God, I did it again. I shouldn't have drunk that wine. In the moment, it's got the feel good factor. And then of course, good habits often mean delayed gratification. So you have to go to the gym several times before it starts to feel good or before you start to get the result that you want. You know, if you've gone to the gym to lose weight, for example, you're not going to do that after one gym session. You're not going to walk out there away yourself and you're like, oh, amazing, I've lost half a stone. I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? But it doesn't happen. You know, you're going to have to probably go for a few weeks before you really start to see that shift. You start to feel good for going to the gym. Because even though we can get that endorphin run rush after one gym session, sometimes in the early days, it takes us a while to like really get that feel good factor going. And certainly while we're in it, the, you know, the half an hour or 45 minutes or whatever we're spending in it, we may not be enjoying that much because we're not used to doing the thing. You know, and of course, saying no to the wine, no to the chocolate also feels unpleasant in the moment. So that good habit of actually not having wine every single night feels unpleasant in the moment because we've got that craving because we're like, but I really want it and it's going to make me feel good. And I don't like not having the wine and we don't feel the benefit straight away. We might not feel the benefit for several days, several weeks even. So that is why it is so hard to get shot off the bad habits and to add in the good habits because it's the difference between immediate reward, immediate gratification and delayed gratification. And the fact is that, you know, creating those good habits and getting rid of the bad ones means that we have to be persistent enough for long enough to start seeing the positive benefits of those things. Like I said, it can take weeks, maybe it might even take months and it requires a lot of faith in ourselves. It requires faith in the habit itself. And it requires a belief that it's actually going to work for us. But what usually happens, of course, is that we put a lot of hard work in actually up at the front end. The first bit is often the hardest bit. We put the hard work in for a couple of weeks. We fail to see the result we want quickly enough. And we revert back to the old habit again, because our brain hasn't deprogrammed itself sufficiently in the space of a couple of weeks for that not to still be a habit and not to still be a very easy habit to fall back on. And it's almost like our brain, like when we fall back on that old habit, our brain kind of goes, oh God, thank God. Thank God. She's seen sense. We're back where we used to be. We're back with the old habit. We can stop thinking again. I don't like having to do all this thinking. So we slip back because we haven't seen the result that we wanted to do. And most of us are not very good at being patient. Um, so we, we're not very good at delayed gratification. We're not good at waiting for an outcome and putting effort in when we're not yet seeing a result. Okay. And the shame of it is that we often give up just as we're about to have that breakthrough, just as things are about to get that little bit easier. So now that you understand a little bit about that, let's talk a little bit about kind of the mistakes that we make when we are trying to create new habits. So some of the things that we do that are maybe not so helpful in getting us where we need to go. So I think the first one, which I already mentioned very briefly earlier, is willpower. So willpower on its own is not going to help you. You may need a little bit of it in, you know, the first couple of days or whatever, just to, you know, get you off the sofa into the gym or whatever. But generally in the long term, willpower is not going to help you. It will fail you eventually. So don't depend on willpower because willpower alone is not going to be enough to get you through. The second thing is saying to yourself, oh, I'll try. I'll try not to drink some wine tonight. I'll try to go to the gym later. The language that you use with yourself is really, really, really important. And when you say, I'll try, you're leaving the door open a crack. So you're leaving it open for an excuse. You're leaving it open for, 
oh, well, the kids needed me, or I was too tired, or I got really busy this afternoon, or, or, or. And often if you don't particularly want to go to the gym, for example, then you'll almost like subconsciously make things get in your way. You'll subconsciously create reasons that you can't go and do the thing. You'll suddenly find five very important jobs that need doing instead. But, oh, I was just too busy. I couldn't go to the gym. So don't say I'll try because try, it leaves that door open. It really does leave that door open. I think the other thing is not being very clear on why the habit's important. So sometimes we will do stuff that we think we ought to do, but we're not really sure why. You know, we've been told that this thing is a good thing to do, but we haven't connected it with our own, you know, our own goals, our own larger, you know, the things that we want in life, really. So not being clear on why that habit is important, I think, is is another thing that we we tend to do that is not necessarily going to serve us very well. I think on top of that is making the habit too big or complicated. So I'm going to get healthier doesn't really mean a lot. You know, it could mean any number of different things. There are so, so, so many different elements to that. You kind of have to choose one of those elements. So if you want to get healthier, great. So that's your bigger goal. I'd like to get healthier. But then what specific habits need to go underneath that? Because otherwise you'll feel a bit overwhelmed. You'll feel a bit unsure of where to start and you just won't start. You just won't start to do it and to create that habit. Also being too focused on the endpoint rather than the process. And again, this comes down to this impatience that we all have, doesn't it? This like, oh, I'd love it if in two weeks time I'd lost half a stone and, you know, I was all toned and fit and ready for the beach. We sort of focus on that as being like, oh, I'll be really happy when that happens. and I'll only be happy when that happens. And so we focus so very specifically on the end point that we forget that there is a process involved in getting there. And so we make it very hard to maintain that habit. Because like I said before, what usually happens is we do it for a couple of weeks. We haven't reached the end point. It feels like it's so, so, so far away still. And then we just stop because we just go, what's the point? This isn't working for me. I'm just going to stop. And so we need to be a bit more focused on maybe the process of it. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. And then I think the final thing here is we expect ourselves to be consistent from day one. So if we tell ourselves, right, I'm not eating chocolate anymore. And then on day four, we eat some chocolate. I'm like, oh, I knew I couldn't do it. What's the point? I'll start again on Monday. And so that's why we keep starting over and starting over and starting over and starting over is because we expect ourselves to be 100% consistent. And we think that if we're not 100% consistent, then it's not going to work for us. But it doesn't happen like that. Like we will relapse. We will go backwards. We will make mistakes. We will have two days where we eat the chocolate. But that's okay. It doesn't mean that you can't do it. It just means that we have got an ingrained habit and we need to keep working to get shot at that habit. So yeah, don't get disheartened when you're not consistent 100% because you don't need to be consistent 100% to get the results. But also it's not particularly realistic to be 100% consistent from day one either. So in going through those, I'm sure that some of those are like, yeah, yeah, I, I normally do that. I normally do that. I normally do that. So those are some of the things that I think just are not, they're just not particularly helpful when we're trying to create new habits. So instead, how are we actually going? What are the good things that we can do? The good things that we can implement that are going to help us to actually create those new habits? So I think the first one is be sure that your habits align to the actual outcome that you want. So if you are doing something because you think you should, it's not going to stick. All right. But if you do something because it aligns with how you want to feel, you're going to stick with it for a lot, lot, lot longer. So, you know, just say to yourself, right, I'm going to drink more water. Great. Okay. We all know that it's good for us to drink more water, particularly if we're not drinking very much. Fabulous. 
But if you're just doing it in isolation, then it's going to be quite hard. Whereas if you're doing it, you're like, I know that if I drink more water, that I'm going to feel more energised. And that when I feel more energised, you know, I want to go and do exercise more often and I'm more likely to get out for that walk and I'm going to be in a better mood for my kids or whatever it is. So aligning it with the outcome that you want and once you've decided on that habit, just relating it back like, okay, so I've got this habit that I've decided I'm going to work on now. How does that relate back? How does that make sure that I get where I want to go? So definitely make sure that the habit aligns, the habit actually means something to you at the end of the day, because a habit in and of itself can be quite a dry thing. You know, I'm going to drink more water is, you know, it's not particularly exciting, let's face it, but I'm going to be more energised definitely is. We all want to feel that, right? So have a think about how that aligns. Also be very clear on the outcome that you want and why. So when you're vague with your reasons, it is very easy to make exceptions and excuses. So try not to be too, oh, I just want to feel a bit better. I just want to feel a bit healthier. It's quite vague and it's very easy then to just say, oh, well, I didn't do it today because of this and I didn't do it today because of that. Whereas if you're very clear on, you know, again, going back to, I want to feel energised so that I'm in a better mood for my family or whatever it is, it's got to have like this, you know, this feeling that you can relate to, this feeling at the end of it that you know is going to make you feel good, you know is going to make your life feel a little bit better as well. So don't be too vague. Be very clear on the reasons that you're creating this habit and how that relates to the bigger picture for you as well. And I think actually be clear on the goal itself as well. So it rather than saying, I'm going to drink less or I'm going to exercise more, which is, you know, what does that mean? you know, what does that mean for you? Because what that means for you is different to what it means to somebody else. You know, if you're drinking a glass of wine every single night at the moment and you want to drink less, what does that mean? Does that mean you drink on six nights of the week or does that mean you drink on two nights of the week? So get specific about what that actually means. So, you know, saying something like, I drink wine two nights of the week or I exercise twice a week, much more specific, much more helpful because you know exactly what you're aiming towards. You've got a measure of your success. So at the end of the week, if you go, oh, I exercise twice, amazing, then you know that you've reached success. Whereas if you say, I'm going to exercise more, and then you go twice, and then you're like, oh, well, really exercising more should be three or four times a week, shouldn't it? That's how often I should be going. And then you feel disappointed because even though you have exercised, you feel like, oh, I've not exercised enough though. So be really specific about the actual goal and what that is going to entail as well. Another really important one is creating the right environment for change. Now, I talked a lot about this last week. So in episode 87, it was all about hacking your environment. So if you want to know more about that, if you want to know more about creating the right environment for change, then do go and have a listen to that. So, you know, for example, it was things like if you, I'm going to go back to the chocolate example, if you always eat chocolate at home at five o'clock, then instead be out for a walk at five o'clock or don't have the chocolate in the house because then you create that bit of friction where you're like, well, if I want chocolate, I'm going to have to actually go out and get it or schedule a workout for five o'clock. So anything that kind of disturbs your flow, anything that creates the environment that is going to get you to actually engage consciously in into that situation, engage consciously into what's going on. Because if you've always got chocolate at home, it's going to be very easy to reach for it. If you don't have the chocolate at home, then you're going to be like, right, well, I've got to go to the shop. Do I want to go to the shop? Not really. I'm going to give it a miss. So create that environment that is going to be the most helpful to help you to add that habit into your life. So like I say, go listen to last week's episode on that because that's really, really helpful for that and goes into it in a lot more depth. 
The next thing is just thinking about creating your identity around this habit. So when I talk about identity, what I really mean is that if you identify as somebody who hates exercise, then you're probably just going to keep hating exercise. No matter what you do, it's going to feel hard and you're not going to like it. You know, our brain likes to be proved right, really. You know, our ego is like, well, <laughs> I don't like exercise. And now I've been proved right because I went and did the exercise class. It was awful. It felt terrible. I didn't like it. And so what happens is you try and prove to yourself over and over and over again that you are indeed correct, that you do not like exercise and that exercise is terrible and it hurts and it's horrible and all those kind of things. But if you start to say to yourself, I exercise regularly, okay, it may not feel like it's particularly true at the start, but what you want to do is you want to start working towards creating that identity within yourself as somebody who exercises regularly, or maybe somebody who doesn't skip a session or something like that. So have a think about your identity around that particular habit. So if it is, you know, I always eat chocolate at five o'clock. I'm terrible. I always eat chocolate at five o'clock. Then you're going to keep proving yourself right over and over and over again. Whereas if you start to create an identity of, I only eat chocolate a couple of times a week, then you're starting to put yourself into that position of being that person. Okay, so you've got to step into it sooner than you would think. Like, it's almost like you, we tend to think, right, I have got to do this thing several times before I'm allowed to be the person that does that, rather than going, no, as of today, I've decided that I am going to be that person. I'm going to be the person who only eats chocolate twice a week. And I'm going to keep telling myself that that's the person I am. And I'm going to keep telling my brain that that's the person that I am. And I'm going to keep identifying with that as being the person that I am. So create the identity around that as well. Make it as easy as possible to do as well. So it's not that no effort should be required. And I think that, you know, a lot of stuff out there is like, hey, give up carbs with ease or stop eating sugar without having cravings and this, that and the other. And I just think a lot of that is not particularly realistic and also persuades us that these things should be easy. So when they're not easy, we feel like we're doing something wrong or there's something wrong with us. The fact is that creating a new habit takes effort. It does. And it takes a bit of discomfort. And sometimes we're not going to want to do it. And sometimes it's going to feel hard. And that's okay. But what we can do is we can make it as easy as possible, not so easy that we don't even have to think about it, but just as easy as it possibly can be. So you would never go and train for a marathon by going out tomorrow and running 26 miles, would you? So don't do that with habits either. Start a mile at a time, break it into its smallest components. So, you know, not, I'm not eating chocolate anymore. That's it. I'm done with chocolate. I'm going to go from eating it every single day at five o'clock to not eating it at all. Maybe start with cutting it out one day a week and then two days a week, and then three days a week, and gradually building it up from there. Yeah, you're probably on that one day, you're probably still going to have that craving. It's probably still going to take a bit of work, but it's going to be an awful lot easier to do that when you're like, oh, but I can have it tomorrow. You know, at least you, you've got that coming up for you, which makes it a lot easier. So start thinking about breaking it down into its smallest components as well. And then the final thing here really is to track the process. So like I said before, in the mistakes that we tend to make is we get very focused on the end point. We get very focused on the result and we tell ourselves, I'll only be happy when I get to the end point. But actually, we don't want to just track the result. We want to track the process as well. So maybe you have started going to the gym because you want to lose half a stone. Let's say that, for example. So you start doing that and then you weigh yourself at the end of the week and you're like, oh, great, I've lost two pounds. But then, you know, we all know what happens the next week. You weigh yourself and you're like, oh, my God, I've put a pound on again. <laughs> and so you're going up and down, you're plateauing. It's, you know, it doesn't always happen in a straightforward line. 
And so if the only way for you to track yourself is the actual weight loss, you're going to be disappointed and you're going to potentially stop doing the thing because you know, oh, this isn't working. Why am I bothering when I've put a pound on this week? And it could be for completely unrelated reasons, but you're still going to be like, oh my God, there's no point. Whereas actually, if you could track the process as well, that's really going to help you. So if you're, you know, part of your thing is, right, in order to help me lose half a stone, I am going to exercise three times a week. If you also track that, that's going to make you feel better. Just the very simple act of ticking something off your list and saying, yeah, I've done a workout. I've done another workout. I've done another workout. I've done all my three workouts. Amazing. Then that just helps to give you that sense of success. So it's not all tied to the end goal. And then you'll also start to see all of the other good things that are coming out of it as well. Because, you know, after a couple of weeks, you'll start going, oh God, actually, I feel really good when I've done an exercise session. And you know what? I'm sleeping better at night. So I've got a bit more energy in the daytime. And, you know, all of those other things will start to change for you as well. So track the process. It's not just about getting to the end goal. It's about the process itself. Because the fact is, the vast majority of our lives is not comprised of us getting to the goal. Like we don't keep getting to the goal, getting to the goal, getting to the goal and having like, you know, celebratory moments all the time because we've got to the goal. Most of our lives is spent doing the process. Most of our lives is spent, you know, at work doing the project and doing all the steps that we need to finish the project. Once we finish the project, that's kind of momentary. And then we're like, right, let's move on to the next thing. So we've got to be tracking the process and looking at our journey and our path along to that end goal as well, because that is where we spend most of our lives. So yeah, make sure you do that as well. And I think that, you know, ultimately habit change, it requires work. It requires a bit of work. It requires a little bit of faith in ourselves. And we live in an age of instant reward. We have got dopamine hits all around us all day long. Every time we open up our phone and we've got those notifications, every time a message comes in, you know, all of those things are giving us these quick hits of of kind of pleasure all day long. And we've got so used to that now that we chase quick hits in all areas of our lives. We want the quick hit over and over and over and over again. But the thing is that habit change isn't like that. It requires that we, you know, we put effort in on a continual basis. It requires that we engage our brain in a continual basis. And it requires that we undo old patterns and old habits as well in order to do that. But I think the good news is that we are all really, really capable of change. We're all really, really capable of practicing new ways of doing things and getting better and better and better at it, by the way, as well. So the more we create good habits in our lives, the easier it gets to bring the next one in because we're like, well, I I did that last one so I can do this one. And it gives us belief in ourselves and it gives us a process that works for us. Because I've talked about a lot of stuff today, but there are certain things in there. There might be one or two of those things that you really latch onto and you go, right, those are the things that are important to me. Those are the things that are going to help me. So you start to create your own little process for adding those good habits into your life. And when you do that, it gets easier to do new ones as well. So now that you know all of the do's and the don'ts, the mistakes, I hope it's given you a few new ideas for ways that you can approach habit change in the future. And, you know, like I say, I just, I think that all of us are capable of that change. All of us are capable of practicing those new ways of doing things. And I know that you absolutely can do it as well. Now, before I finish off this episode today, I just wanted to share something with you. And it's actually another brilliant podcast. And it's called Why I Run. And I know for sure that it's going to 
appeal to those of you out there who do love to run and maybe some who don't as well. I think, you know, it's full of some really, really inspiring, inspirational stories. And it's a podcast that celebrates extraordinary and everyday stories for running. And it's been created to lead up to the global charity event, Wings for Life World Run, which is happening in May. And it's an event which gives 100% of all entry fees to spinal cord research. Why I Run is hosted by TikTok sensation Aaron Azar and world record-breaking swimmer Ayo Akinwalere. And in it, they chat to guests from all around the world about their passion for running. They promote inclusivity in this space. They talk about unique personal experiences and all of those reasons why people love, love, love to run. And I know that there are quite a few of you out there who do. So do go check it out. Just search for Why I Run wherever you listen to your podcasts. It would be you know, non-ironically, a great thing to listen to while you actually go out for your next run. And you can also sign up for their Why I Run team online as well, which I think would be a really, really amazing thing to do. So do go check that out wherever you listen to your podcasts. Right, to finish off today, just a reminder to go grab your Healthy Habit Reset. There's a link in the show notes. It's totally free and it's going to give you that little helping hand to get you thinking about how you're going to make that habit change happen over the next week or so. And then once you've got used to building that one healthy new habit, it's going to be the foundation for loads, loads, loads more. So let me know how you get on. I wish you lots and lots of luck, although you don't need luck because you've got all the tools you need now. And I'm going to see you back here again next week. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at Alex Chickfit for plenty more inspiration.